Endgame spoilers. If you've not seen Endgame, do not listen to this pod. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> Kidding. Um, you can listen, but we're going to talk about it for a bit. So in Endgame, um, if you've seen it, um, the Hulk snaps with his Infinity Golf gauntlet that Iron Man made, and he brings everyone back. Now the thing is that when everyone comes back, they come back in the same place that they disappeared from. So what about all of the organisms in like ecosystems that suddenly appeared when those ecosystems had those five years to rebound? Damn. It yeah, it creates a lot of environmental like non equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Oh, well, think about also... all the, the oh, microorganisms. The, the what? The microorganisms. Oh yeah, those too. Like, just everything in general. Like in those in the five year like time span of the the five year gap. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the the children that were left? after their parents got dusted and now they're come now they're back now what if those children got um adopted by other parents oh yikes that's that's a while and then they're just gonna be like give me my kid back and it's like no i raised it for five years but also what about like if the kid is grown up and then the parent comes back and the kid's like I'm an adult. Like, you gone and died. Also, I haven't seen this movie, so I don't know. Did they die? No, they were just gone. They just vaporized? Yeah, so they come back the same? So do the ecosystems get, like, stuff that's five years old just put into them? Lamel, you're the comic expert. Because that's not going to be good. So they they come back the same like age when they disappeared. Ooh. So Peter Parker's still you know, you know um, in high school and he could probably be graduating, gone to college in Damn. that five year like. And all his day. friends were off living the best years of their lives. Sad. Yeah. Sad it's... for Peter Parker. You know we're living the best years of our lives right now. <laughs> no. There's also like the people that like their spouse dying and then what if they got remarried they probably like, moved did on, and then their spouse their ex-spouse comes back to life and oh. it's like hey um Oof. i don't know there's a lot of stuff i've been thinking about you know it, it's always interesting to hear the things that you've been thinking about <laughs> also food security that's another thing food security <laughs> yeah, is like, probably a huge thing i think about food security every day Damn, yeah, that's a mood. Yeah, Honestly, this could be a whole nother episode into population itself. back. This could be a whole nother it, episode. Yeah. It, oh we we can do it. Alright, let's all right, let's let's get into it. All let's right. get into today's episode. episode of pod for the planet my name is charles olson and my name is ramel pacheco 
Go. Uh, and today we are introducing our new host, uh, Abby. Hi, I'm Abby. Um, introduce yourself. Um, I am an environmental studies and communications major at American University, which is in D.C. Um, that's it. That's all I've got about me. Okay. Um, so today we're going to be talking about uh, conflicts uh, in environmentalism and particularly uh, what it's like to be a hipster, since all three of us here are hipsters I don't and like being an environmentalist. That word. I, I think I outgrew hipster in high school. Also, you know? also, I feel like we stopped using that word in like 2014. Bruh. Stopped using hipster. I feel like it's like still all over. Like it's the way that like boomers talk about millennials with like hipsters in Brooklyn. Yeah, sorry, mom, but that's like I well hipsters in Brooklyn are like a different thing. Different breed. <laughs> yeah, that's like a its own separate subculture. It's like Portland and Brooklyn hipsters. What uh? What makes the both of you hipsters? Or what made what made you? It, do you think you are hipsters, or do you think people like uh, see you as hipsters? I don't think uh, my my roommate always calls me a a hippie. I think so. It's like in between. Like, I feel like hippies and hipsters are like two different brands of the same product. Like one's like store brand, and the other's like the organic version. So it's like <laughs> hipsters are like Coca Cola, and hippies are like Nature's Promise organic. Um, I feel That's, like. I well, hipsters is just, I feel like when I think of the word hipster, I think of like me in the eighth grade wearing like a flannel with like a, um, a t-shirt underneath it that had like, I had, I, I know this specific shirt had a cat. He was wearing glasses and like, I, I felt really for, edgy for me. It's that, like most people yeah. call me a hipster because of like the things that I'm into. So it's like, I like IPAs and like. I enjoy vinyl. My eyes are rolling. But it's like, yeah, if you could see the video of this, her eyes are literally rolling. Um, but it, it, it's like, I, I like stuff like that, but it's like also we enjoy road trips and stuff and traveling. And it's like, those are the things that are typically associated on the internet as like being a hipster. Yeah. I think it's also just like uh, generational things that you can talk about, like people in our like age demographic and who live in areas that we live in who are going to colleges which are like often yeah. liberal places it's also there's like a component to it where hipsters are also considered to be like super woke about social issues um and environmental issues but in reality it's like the like another main difference between like hippies and hipsters is that like hipsters are woke about environmental issues but still are deeply ingrained into capitalism and enjoy like small boutique stores and stuff like that no offense to any of the hipsters out there listening right i feel it's you also i love like, all these things like there's like the idea of oh i'm not being part of the mainstream but yet when you have all these people that have this set of like ideas or of like hobbies or material things that they have to buy to be quote unquote not a part of the mainstream. They end up making their own trend, which is you know mainstream. Yeah, exactly. They be, they fold back into the mainstream eventually. And I also feel like the idea of wokeness is, I mean, I again with like every young group of people who comes in, like you have you know a different set of. Uh, norms than like your previous generation but wokeness 
is a really cool thing that we're into, but also we need to make sure that we're talking about, like, actual wokeness. Because there's, like, the way to be, like, you know, I'm so conscious of everything, but not really just, like, for the, you know, the clout of it, not for the actual, like, making differences reasons. So... Now that we've talked about like what it's like to be a, like what it is to be a hipster and stuff, we need to talk about what it is about being a hipster that is not necessarily bad for the environment, but like what is bad for the environment, what parts aren't bad for the environment, and like what are some of the conflicts that we that you guys face um, with like envir- being environmentalists and just like going about your daily lifestyle. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, so I think about this a lot with diet, which could definitely be a whole nother conversation, episode, whatever. But like the some of the things that we do, because obviously meat production is really bad for the environment. Um, I'm like pescatarian, but I'm not super strict about it. Um, But I love dairy so much. Did you guys just see that video that came out? Did you watch it? The Fairlife video? Yeah, really yeah. rough. <laughs> um, and it's also just like CO2 production. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also these like cool, trendy things that, you know, like there's literally a restaurant called Hip City Veg. Not hating on it. It's really good. But its name is Hip City Veg. Please sponsor us. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like... You know, it's $13 for a burger that's not really a burger, um, and it's delicious, like, so good, but, you know, spot, like, helping local communities who are actually creating their own food, or, um, you know, I, Soylent is something that really gets to me. Do you guys know what Soylent is? Soylent? Soylent. No. So, Soylent is, like a meal supplement drink that a lot of vegans drink because they're not, you know, you need to find other ways to get enough protein. So not hating on anyone who drinks Soylent, but it's advertised as being like great for the environment. But a lot of times it's being shipped all the way across the country. It's mostly soy. It comes in plastic. Plastic's not great for the environment either. So it's like, you really have to look at these alternatives and think like, would it just be better if I ate a cheeseburger? Like weigh your options make sure you're making the choices that are actually, you know, contributing to that change. Right. Speaking about veganism, I feel like um, when we talk about veganism or diet, we also don't think about maybe the the human consequences of the production of said Mm -hmm. um, vegan vegan, uh, meal or substitute. So, like, you know, cashew milk, you know, it's non-dairy, but... Mm -hmm. You most likely, the cashews are most likely shelled in India by women that are working long hours and in, like, poor conditions. Yeah. No, and, you know, we don't really, like, think about that. We just think, you know, it's an alternative to milk, so now we are saving the cows and the environment, the water that has to be used to make the milk and all the, the pasture land that has to be used to, um, you know, for the cows. Well, that gets to another one of the things I have listed here about, like, 
for me being a hipster it's like i really really love coffee mm. like i, I love that. coffee like <laughs> i spent all of high school going to a local coffee shop and i never really considered the environmental impacts of coffee or i never even considered the social impacts of like coffee or if it was sustainably sourced or not um and i think that when we like go and get a cup of coffee there's not like the general public is not necessarily thinking too heavily about um where the coffee is coming from who's producing it or anything yeah and that that's like one of the bigger conflicts that i have um in life with like environmental things it, it as over time become less significant as more organizations like starbucks have like promoted the fact that they are sustainably sourcing their coffee kind of kind of uh fair trade practices have become more yeah. common but um, then also you have to think about like also i think i guess we're using this term like hipster or whatever but like younger people are often not in positions to be spending all this money on these like you know great causes like would love to be able to spend five dollars on my cup of coffee in the morning and but like sometimes that's just an option you know and it's I think as we make more decisions that are you know when we can put our money into those good causes and like show it's existing in this capitalist system but like show companies that you know you care about these things then it becomes cheaper and i think that hits at the note of what we're going to be talking about for most of this episode is that um a lot of these conflicts are arising because we have to contend with environmentalism versus the systems we live in and if we i know we've talked about this from out in like past episodes about systems and stuff and about how like the systems where we live in are not geared towards benefiting like the majority of people or benefiting the environment necessarily Mm. so just moving forward for the rest of the episode that's something that we should be considering like how 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 can we theoretically change this system to make this conflict go away yeah and it's like you think about places like you know hip city veg and all these like or places that are moving into cities and stuff and then you know your local bodegas are getting kicked out like that's not actually sustainable you know it's not actually we're not actually going to all be able to pay two thousand dollars for rent a month like that's not something that's gonna last Mm -hmm. so you have to think about making it sustainable for the long term economically and environmentally and i think um going further we also need to keep in mind that this is like a very growth like oriented capitalism Mm -hmm. and that like um hipster i'm gonna say hipsterism i don't know if that's like a word but it's a word now word now but it's very like it's selling us you know practices that reflects our values benefits of like health and like you know what we like Mm -hmm. and like when we when we tend to buy into that um we don't really like see the full story of like the ongoing and long-term like social and ecological consequences uh, consequences of like uh industrial veganism or like fair trade versus free trade Mm -hmm. or you know all all this stuff that like we tend to ignore because we think it's just you know it's a lifestyle but when when there's a lifestyle you know it's 
it tends it, it's it's a social um social problem because these are people making you know conscious choices yeah. to do so I just, of what 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 they're um into. I feel like when you do that, you need to well, like every. I mean, it's hard, you know, to like keep that in mind every single purchase in your life. But like, be like, is this a fad or is this actually meaningful? Like when you make those purchases, when you decide to spend a little bit more money for the thing that has like the green packaging, is it like, am I doing this because it looks like it's made out of bamboo and like matches my aesthetic or am I doing this because it's genuinely like important, you know, a genuinely, genuinely making a difference. And yeah, and not just that, but it's also like, so going into one of the next conflicts that I have in my life is, uh, our my really like I really enjoy vinyl records and listening to music off vinyl records and every time I buy a record I feel really really bad about the purchase um in case you didn't know vinyl records are a type of plastic uh vinyl is short for polyvinyl chloride or pvc and it is super really to is super difficult to recycle uh, so, like, oftentimes they just end up getting tossed into landfills, and the process of making PVC is super dangerous to the environment. It, it uses a lot of energy, um, so a lot of greenhouse gases are produced from the production of vinyl records and PVC, um, and it has a really long, uh, long-lasting life, life yeah, after its use has been expired. So it's, every time I buy, like... I have to then think about, okay, what do I care more about? Do I care about the impact that this one record has to listen to this one album? Or do I care more about enjoyment and quality of life listening to my music in a format that I'm like lucky enough to enjoy listening to? Yeah. I think that's how I feel about cheese. <laughs> I think it's different like if you're collecting old albums... But, you know, mm -hmm. nowadays you have, like, you know, Drake's new album on and, on, like, on vinyl Nobles. records. And then yeah. it's, like, it, it, it's it's weird. It also, yeah. it also um, you know, I I used to collect vinyl mainly because, like, when ba back in high school when people called me a hipster, I just went with it because I thought that was, like, the cool thing to do. Yeah. So I, you know, went to you Urban Outfitters, it. blah, yeah. blah, blah, fucking flannels and shit. But, yeah, it's it's a it's a lifestyle choice it's like we're making this choice of buying these um it's it's like what abby said like do i really need it like you know mm -hmm. i could get the drake album on my phone and it's for... funny because like music is so accessible to us right. out of any oh. other generation it's so accessible yeah so like it's not a necessity it, it is a it, it is a want like you know to want to listen to music but like do I want to buy this record vinyl that costs probably $50 and, you know, had to go through this whole process that's bad for the environment. And once, you know, I'm dead and like it, wherever it's going to go, or like I throw it in the trash, it's going to be around for like forever. Or do I just buy it on like iTunes and it's like on my phone iTunes. or my laptop in the cloud. And, you know, so you brought up like using, uh, you brought up using, iTunes and using oh, like do you use iTunes. Well, it's still fairly used. I mean, but like you brought well, up like, had digital downloads yeah. for stuff. Yeah, I use Spotify also. Spotify, if you're listening, please sponsor us. Um, please. 
So that brings up like the fact that like so we all and this isn't so much a hipster thing, but it's more of a human thing? human thing or like an environmentalist thing is that we all fairly use fairly use what am i saying fairly use we all religiously use our phones like they are attached to us they are a part of that's us. a our everyone God. in america <laughs> thing exactly. also like, not like hip, it's not a hipster thing it's like an everyone thing um our phones are terrible yeah for the, environment. the amount of rare earth metals they require the amount of energy it takes to produce each one and then the amount of energy to like charge it every day and use it every day is so much the environmental footprint of just your phone is ridiculous yeah no i get that but that argument always like that drains me not from you but i feel like you hear that a lot you'll be like on facebook and you share something about like how the earth is dying and someone's aunt comments on it and they're like yeah but that phone that's attached to your hand you can't put it down and it's like you have to you know no I couldn't get to my job or like do my homework or exist in like this world without my phone like yeah you're right but it's also like there's that's like a bigger issue that's not an individual issue mm-hmm because there's individual choices you can make to an extent, but like existing with a cell phone, that's not something that you can choose. individually choose. It's like how I feel about it is like with environmental, like in the broader sense, there needs to be a combination of individual choices and corporations and those kind of things being held accountable. Um and there has to be a combination of both to like solve some of these larger issues. You can't just be like, you can't put all those things directly on individuals. Mm. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I I agree. I think I... just to reiterate what you're saying that we need to have general individual awareness of our in like individual impact on the environment mm-hmm. but that is superseded by the fact that there needs to be massive systemic changes that address the yeah. environmental issues we're facing yeah it's like the banning it's like the whole like like oh go vegan use a metal straw yeah don't use reusable plastics and we'll all be good when you know the majority of um, carbon uh, carbon dioxide um, being released in our atmosphere and just, you know, e-waste in general is because of corporations. Yeah. And, and I, it's like I don't think you shouldn't also use your metal straw and eat less meat. You know, like you should also do that. That's That's important to do. It shows that there's support for these kinds of things. You should be an activist. But also, at the same time, you can't be like, well, I'm going to throw my phone out now because it has metals in it. It's just like we need to fight yeah. larger how, how battles. Do you live, how do you live today without a phone? You... It's extremely hard. Like That's how you communicate with people in your, yeah. in your job, in your occupation. Um, you see students do their homework on their phone i clock into work on my phone like i literally yeah 
Um, so another thing that we could talk about with this is the environmental impact of traveling. Mm-hmm. So I remember the like. So on my old Twitter, my Twitter was deactivated a couple months ago. Because rip, big rip. Big rip. So sad what? to see yeah. it go, but it's gone now in the dust. History. Um, At least it wasn't hacked by a Russian porn bot. That's true. Happened to my Instagram. So my Twitter disappeared off the face of the earth. But I remember on my old Twitter, I followed these accounts when I was back in high school when I was like more of a hipster. I say as I am pretending not to be. When that was a thing. When that was a thing, exactly. And I followed all these, like, travel accounts. They were, like... Nomad. Like, what is that one? No, yeah, it was, like, Nomad <laughs> and, like, yeah. artsy. And they would always post, like, those four pictures of, like, people in vans by the mountains and stuff like that. And <laughs> that is what I feel, what, I, what comes to my mind when we're talking about, like, hipsters and things that hipsters like to do. And one of those is, be, is traveling and going on road trips or going to cool places. So... We all know that cars, like the internal combustion engine, is super bad for the environment, the production of CO2, um, particulate matter, and like. Cars, uh, bad. Cars, bad for the environment. Yeah, Airplanes, good. worse, worse for, the environment. for the environment. Really bad for the environment. Trains. So, like. Not so bad. After, like, this past year, like, this past year and a half was the first time that I had ever been on a plane. Oh, shit. I, yeah. And since then, since, like, my first one in the past year and a half, I've been on a plane four or five times now. Yeah. And I realize, like, because of it, like, because, one, my, like, economic position in life has become, like, I've become, like, more stable. But also, like, the ease of it and, like, the access I've had to it over the past year and a half has, like, been ridiculous. And it's, like, changed the way I travel and it's made traveling, like, really accessible and easy for me but i every time i'm in that plane feel so bad like i feel so conflicted like i'm like oh my god for like the first half an hour of the flight i'm like i feel terrible that i'm doing this i'm not going to be able to have like a good time going wherever i'm going but i'm like how would i get there yeah yeah i remember when i was in china like one of their one of our last days we're having this um this um this skype meeting with this guy that wrote wrote a book about um climate change and then one of our students asked him like so like you know we're in china we we don't look you know um transportation that um expels sorry that expels so much um co2 but you know we all had to take a plane here and it's like, you know, this is for the, the Middlebury School of the Environment. Right. <laughs> it, but it's, it's like, how it, would you yeah. how would you get there? Would you yeah. swim? Like Yeah, and I also read this thing, like our generation travels a lot. Um, and it's good for people to travel because the more you travel, the more you have like a greater understanding of the world, the more you I mean, this isn't doesn't mean the case for everyone, but generally speaking, the more you're apt to like care about other parts of the world. Um, Planes are—they make wh- us so happy and sad. They're so great because they get us places so quick, and we love to travel. But so so fucking bad for the environment. And this is a great another great example of transportation in general is a great example of 
systemic issues that need to be addressed that will make these conflicts go away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're not going to make them go poof, but, like, they'll help. They'll alleviate with, like, the guilt that we would associate with these activities. Like, if there was high-speed rail in the United States that could get us coast-to-coast in a couple, like, in a day. And I hate airports. Exactly. I'd much rather take a train. So it could be a high-speed rail, or it could be, um, like, high-speed rail... All the electricity is provided from renewable sources. That would be super environmentally friendly and uh, an alternative to the ways we trans we transport ourselves now. Just speaking about like faster issues that would combat some of our like either guilt or those areas that like you feel like you don't have a lot of control over. Um, something I think is really interesting is the whole circular economy. Um, model and concept which is like basically just reduce reuse and recycle on steroids but an emphasis on the the reuse um which is an emphasis more on like the reuse and reduce um it you know we like use a lot of fast fashion and like yeah i would love to buy all of my articles of clothing from like patagonia and reformation if i could but your girl is broke um so it's like if i need pants for work i'm gonna go to h&m um yeah exactly yeah i I think a good way that this is being addressed systemically is uh through there's this company called TerraCycle. um Mm -hmm. when i was at the planet forward summit uh back in april um the CEO of TerraCycle, Tom Sackey, came and gave a presentation about what they do. Basically, I don't know, uh, TerraCycle is an organization where they purchase uh, stuff that isn't typically recycled, so like cigarette butts, uh, different types of plastic, papers, and such, and they have a lab in New Jersey where they figure out creative ways to upcycle these materials, so like they've turned cigarette butts into like that walkway like the soft cushy platform for parks and stuff um Uh, yeah exactly so like they do like really cool things with upcycling and they are working they're partnered with like coca-cola uh nestle uh a couple of other organizations like colgate uh and stuff to create this uh service called loop where it's, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of like the Hagen Doss containers that are aluminum, mm-hmm. but it's like containers and it's kind of, it's based off the milkman model, which is a circular economy. They're talking about like bringing that back to. Exactly. Too, yeah. yeah. So they're, what Loop is doing is they're partnering with these companies that are, Loop is, you're going to like purchase the service. You will be provided with the containers. So like you'll order the containers you want. So like Hagen Doss, orange juice, toothpaste. And you'll keep the containers, and then when you are done with the product, you just put the containers back into, like, a carrying case, basically like a milk crate, um, just fancier. And then the surface that you pay for, they will come, like, once a week or twice a week or whatever, whatever, and pick the stuff up and bring it back to get it, like, professionally cleaned. So you don't even have to clean it yourself. You just have to take the container, put it back in the thing, put it out, It'll get picked up, and then boom, 
they clean it, and then the stuff you order will be brought back to you in in sim in similar reusable containers. That so sound like an ad for this place. So the company, yeah, if Loop and Terracycle are listening, please sponsor us. Um, but the the model is that these containers, because they're built out of aluminum, they can be reused hundreds of thousands of times before they need to be broken down and recy- and like right. recycled. I think it's not harder to do, but sometimes when you think of like clothing or if we're talking about hipsters, like fashion, which it's not that it's not that your item isn't of use to you anymore. Like your t-shirt still works. It's just that it's no longer in, you know, it's not trendy anymore. And like, that's harder to combat because that's like a social thing. That's like a, you know, being a young person thing. You want to look, you know, how you like look best or whatever. Right. And I guess like, this is a good way to talk about like, you know, coolness to like, and who, and who like, who says what is cool, you know? So like, you know, it like reflects our, you know, values of care and affection, creativity, connection, you know, all this, you know, all this shit. And, you know, supposedly, you know, coolness shouldn't be, um, there should be no racial or gender or socioeconomic boundaries, but we see that historically, you know, those that are privileged are the forefronts of what, you know, coolness is, whether, you know, they consciously or consciously accept and then, you know, there it's it's also it's like the whole um uh what do you call it like liking black culture but not you know yeah black people it's like oh this is cool let's use it commodify it make money off of it and so yeah coolness let's talk about wokeness too like what um what what abby was talking about before and it's like there's also like the problematic almost like classist nature well not almost there is a classist nature of like green production you know the consumption in like urban hipster pride when they're like being woke about sustainability issues and um and you know saying what is you know hip in certain lifestyles right and you know a lot of urban hipsters are like quick to dismiss like poor classes and you know having to say like you know you're not green conscious you don't have any green consciousness because you're not living up to their expensive green standards and whatnot and instead of trying to build systems that would integrate sustainable practices into communities by putting it into the hands of those communities they're just like we're gonna put something else there and you're gonna deal with it and it's like that those communities are like no fuck that i'm not gonna do that and that's valid like it's like gentrification yeah or at least like like i i feel like the herb like the the hipster lifestyle or like trend increases like gentrification because like a lot of like i know in like um, in montreal um a lot of immigrant owned like grocery stores and like call butcheries and you know community centers are going to be like replaced by you know, vegan chain restaurants, so-called hip vintage clothing places, expensive organic food stores, coffee shops, and, you know. But these are all things that we, like, like, you know, quote-unquote, as a generation. Like, we like those things. Yeah. So how do you do that in a way that... Is equitable for people across socioeconomic statuses. Um, 
And then also we were talking about um, planned, and I'm getting obsolescence. No, no. Uh, oh, planned up. It's planned a, obsolescence. Uh, planned Wait, obsolescence. Wait, how do you say it? I just say obsolescence. 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 It's just Obsol okay. Whatever. Ready? ready? Whatever. All right, Words ready? are here. We go. Here not we go. real. Ready? Here it is. Planned obsolescence. <laughs> I think that's not how you say it. Anyway, but that's just also like our items are literally designed to break, so that you have to buy new ones as soon as possible like they're everything's built that way if you think about the iphone yeah your your clothing your washer like they're designed so that you are not going to stop consuming consume um so like consumption is the base of our capitalism yeah and we like new stuff yeah i well, like new stuff i'm i'm a huge huge tech nerd like i watch hours of youtube videos on like new iphones and stuff like this is actually fairly like wwdc that's apple's like keynote developer conference where they like release all the software and stuff like i watched that live like i like he keeps putting robots in our home yeah like i have I, there's I robots love google products all like, over our home please sponsor me google apple stand no, god i'm not gonna buy the apple stand but i don't have that kind <laughs> but of but yeah money. it's like shit like that but like the stuff like it's like with my iphone it's like i need my iphone and i enjoy getting the new iphone every two years but it like like i enjoy doing that because there it's nifty it, it's there's the novelty to it yeah every time and i after about six months that novelty dies and i'm like damn i've gone through three phones my environmental impact is ridiculous just looking at my phones not even considering the rest of the technology that i've bought yeah in the past like six years but it's like it's tech it's clothes it's cheap target dollar section like i freaking the love the target dollar section <laughs> but like it's just we like love that shit yeah but there's a way to like like poshmark which this is also a whole so like equitable into... issue too mm -hmm. but like because it's taking thrifting which is traditionally like you're able to buy clothes for less money and then bringing it to like more expensive mm -hmm. like vintage but it's really clothes that you would generally find at a thrift store so and now like, we're using that word vintage and it's cost more because so it's cool it's gentrifying the thrift shop economy it's it's Shit. also in interneting <laughs> when, when, it when like you, once it's thought, online when you thought like the upper middle class and like like when you thought gentrification was only one thing like Socially, we can do that to a variety of markets. Right. Real estate is not the only market that can happen to. But it can happen to all across the board. However, like not throwing out your clothing, like my there's I know people who use those apps like Poshmark Depop, and they completely like they don't buy any new clothing until they have sold a certain amount of clothing to buy that new stuff, and it's just like you know. They have like a rotating wardrobe basically because hmm. they're always buying and selling new stuff so instead of just throwing it out or like buying lots of clothing and having this massive closet they sort of have like a mm -hmm. rotating thing which like that is sustainable so we're getting kind of into the how can we solve 
the conflicts that we face in our lifestyle choices and to, and the environmental impacts of those. But before we get to that, I think it's important to consider something that uh, is a little uncomfortable that uh, I hope to get to in another episode, and that's the fact that not all of our solutions that we come up with today in the next five years, in the next 10 years, to the environmental issues of our time, not all of those solutions are going to be the right solutions. Like some things are going to, we are going to continue to make mistakes. There will be places both socially, environmentally, that we will have to improve, but we need to like come up with solutions now. So that being said, and we can get into that discussion in a future episode, um, what are a couple of quick solutions to a couple of the things that we've said in this episode? So we've talked about... Do I mean just like list them off like bullet points? We, we can each go around like do bullet points and if something sticks, we can just like talk about that one a little bit more. But we talked about like vinyl music preferences. Then we talked about like our technology habits, uh, planned obsolescence, our transportation, and then like dietary stuff. So right. if we could stick to those, what are some of the things that we can do to systemically individually make these conflicts in our lifestyles less can i go first yeah so i love um living in a city (laughs) and not owning a car i actually have this book called green metropolis why living smaller, living closer, and driving less are the keys to sustainability by David Owen. We love okay, that. the link the link to that book can be found in the show notes. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, yeah, I haven't finished it, but it's basically he uh, lived in New York City for a while, and he hated it because he was you know an environmentalist, but he thought you know that um, you know the city, the idea of a city of of an urban environment goes against everything that. A natural environment is but then he soon you know he he soon realized that that's not exactly true and um that um you a, a family that lives in a suburb in a in a house they end up using more energy they end up um releasing more co2 and uh more waste they they create more waste and they consume more than a family that lives in an apartment and although, like, the density, density-wise, the amount of waste and energy that New York City produces is immense, but if we're looking at individuals or families, it's extremely less than you those that live like, in yeah, suburban areas. If you divide, like, areas. like if the you divide, ratio like, of people to space. Yeah, exactly. Like, impact per person is lessened in cities. Uh, all right, so... Yeah. We're saying moving into a city, not owning a car, and like changing your habits as you would by living in a city, by living less. I think like, like you can name like a million things, like circular economy, like local production. um, Like there's tons of really good ideas and solutions. Like green infrastructure in cities is awesome. Um, And all these things are so good and so cool and so important. But every time we're doing these things and, like, coming up with these solutions, like, the first things on our mind should be, like, is this equitable? And, like, also, and then personally, when you're making choices, be, like, is this truly sustainable? Mm-hmm. You know, is this, is this mm-hmm. choice 
for the branding or is this because it's truly sustainable? So I was thinking about the systemic, the like three systemic things that would need to be done to tackle these overarching conflicts. I think the first one is an overhaul of our energy systems. So microgrids, renewable energy, uh, that would... It would, so, it would it would it, it would, would solve like 80 percent it of would my lessen it problems yeah. um and uh with that like a transition for transportation to move to more sustainable sources so like electric cars uh electric high-speed rail and planes that like there are prototypes already like there are people that have like electric planes like that exists like they are real they're just not like funding isn't going into those as much as they are like regular planes so that's the first thing uh, the second thing is an overhaul of our education system and the way environmental issues are educated to, like, the youth uh, and the way we talk about environmental issues needs to be changed. So, like, there needs to be a huge education overhaul. Uh, and the third thing would be, like, socioeconomic reform that addresses, like, the inequalities in economic, like, between yeah. economic classes as it pertains to environmental issues. Yeah. And I think all those of are that big, is... Big, big Yeah, pictures. those are, like, really big pictures. Massive pictures. Which are, like... Like, rich people, big, wall size pictures. Like, <laughs> that is getting the whole image, package deal. And That's I think, like, making, like, the environment, environmental issues uh, tangible for people who do live in cities. Like, mm -hmm. ways to get to nature and also ways to, like be environmentally conscious in your small space is also like cool and important all right thank you guys for potting with me today of course it was a pleasure as always anytime you live with me so i have no choice uh, if you have any questions, comments, uh, drop those down below. Please like, comment, subscribe, share it with your friends. Uh, just let anybody you know. Tell them to listen to Pod for the Planet. We have a new Instagram, Twitter, Facebook that I'm running. It's Pod for the Planet number four. Because we're cool. Important links discussed in the pod will be in the show notes. So notes. So please check those out. A lot of valuable information. Uh, Thanks for potting with us. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>the 22 most hipster foods on the planet. At number one, we have cold brew coffee. Hipsters and fancy coffee, especially cold brew, go together like peanut butter and jelly. But we don't need your pretentious attitude so early in the morning. Thanks. It has to be natural number two, peanut butter. <laughs> anything off of a food truck. We get it. Food trucks are cool. You're not cool for eating from them, however. I feel attacked. <laughs> Kombucha at number three. If you're able to lie to yourself and others so much that you can convince yourself that kombucha 
actually tastes good, you are a true hipster. <laughs> if you're willing to grow the slimy culture in your own home, you have successfully achieved something all hipsters strive for, but few actually realize. Complete uh, alienation from all other humans. PBR! Feel Kale. attacked. Anything served in a mason jar, especially overpriced cocktails. Damn. Artisanal anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got vegan them Vegan cookies or vegan anything that shouldn't be vegan. We're pro-vegan food. Just know that it's just no. Nah, okay, fuck. I fucked up. <laughs> Your green juice costs more than your rent. Are you happy now? Cauliflower. Homemade soda. Craft beer. Damn. Fancy attacked. donuts. And those were not the 22 most hipster foods on the planet. Only some of them. 